This is Cornstalks and Sports Talk, your go-to Iowa-based sports show, hosted by the one and only Elliot Clough. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Missouri Valley Conference Men's Basketball Media Day was held last week in St. Louis. While I was unable to attend, Harry Schrader of Valley Hoops Insider made it down there, and he is kind enough to join us today here on a Corn Stocks and Sports Talk. Harry, we appreciate you hopping on. First things first, biggest takeaways from from MVC Media Day last week. Anything in particular you learned that may have surprised you or influences the way you look at this coming regular season? Anything like that? Well, Elliot, thanks for having me. Uh, I think I think a couple of things, actually. Um, the league's going to be wide open, right? I mean, more wide open than any time we've seen in a while. And, and I think, honestly, one of the biggest things I took away from – was that there's a lot of players in this league that we think are pretty good and they're not going to be playing as much as they used to. And, and some, and so I think the league's actually going to be a lot, I thought it's going to be wide open, but maybe diminished. I think it's going to be wide open and pretty stinking talented. So I'm very excited about the upcoming season. So with it being wide open, who are those, who are those top teams that you think are, are going to be vying for, for a title? Cause there's always going to be a group up there, right? Sure. Absolutely. I, you, clearly, the Drake Bulldogs are going to be one of those teams that people are going to be talking about. I think they, Southern, maybe Bradley, are going to be the teams that people are talking about because they have people back. Uh, there's a whole lot of unknown at Murray State, a whole lot of unknown, you know, at a number of places. Uh, but I think Murray's going to be in contention. Obviously, Drake with all those guys coming back, DJ and Roman and and Tucker and Garrett and and Brody. I mean, there's just a lot of guys coming back, right? And Darren is proven to be a, a, a great coach. Southern's got everybody back and they added Juwan Newton and, and a couple of other pieces. So they're going to be really good. Bradley has, I think nine guys back, including Ja'Shawn Henry, who sat out the back part, the back two thirds last season uh, with that back injury. So I think Bradley's going to be really good. And they signed two really outstanding junior college point guards. That's going to really shore up what was a struggle for them. So I think those are the three teams that everybody's going to say is they're going to be right there at the top. And I'm working on my preseason prognostications right now and <laughs> haven't finalized them, but those three will be right there. And now one thing that I have definitely taken away from uh, your article, when you put together about the, uh, the incoming class, Sardar Calhoun is going to be part of Drake too. And that's one thing to definitely take into consideration coming from Texas tech from Florida state. There, yeah. It's interesting. You know, he's one of, I I'll make up this number, but about five or six guys coming into the league, that were highly rated, went to a big school, barely played, and now they've transferred to the Valley. And it's going to be really interesting to see how those players transition. If they're as good as maybe their high school resumes, look out. The league's going to be awesome. If they, you know, if, if they didn't play for a reason, right, uh, then, then you wonder. But, but that's why I think that there's going to be a talent, a, 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 enough talent in the league that it could be really an outstanding Missouri Valley Conference season. So one team we haven't talked about here, uh, the UNI Panthers, them in particular, um, from media day, anything in particular that you that you heard from Coach Jake or any of the guys that that stood out to you about this incoming season? 
Well, you know, he's obviously very high on Nate Heisey and Bone Bourne and, and, you know, and their system that they run. Uh, the biggest question mark for them is whether or not Austin Fife's going to be truly available. And, and I would say two, three, four, four weeks ago, we were all, it was all kind of systems go, but they still have a test. I want to say it's this week or next week where he's going back to Mayo to find out what they think. And um, I think his availability is the $64,000 question surrounding the Panthers. If he's healthy and can give them 15 or 20 minutes a game, uh, they're going to be a contender. If he's not, I think they're going to struggle. You know, I, I was the one who initially reported that that Fife was going to be back and healthy. And, uh, you know, some of those things, some of those uh, issues that he's run into over the last few months, uh, obviously that's that's been put into question again. Uh, that was a big thing that I took away from Coach Jake that he told you. Obviously, I retweeted um, your, your conversation with him um, and listened very intently. Um, and I, I'm right there with you. I mean, with with uh, AJ Green obviously gone, with with Noah Carter gone, um, that and obviously uh, 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 Taiwan Pickford and then uh, Trey Burhow too. There's a lot of pieces that were integral to this team last season that are just gone. They're just not uh, on the roster anymore. And Fife, I mean, it, it's it's the intangibles too, right? I mean, I'm yeah. sure you've you've had com- a few conversations with Austin. Great kid. I, I'm a big Austin Fife fan. Um, and what he brings to the table, not just on the court, but, but in the locker room is, is massive too. Yeah, totally. And, and, and I do think that his encouragement and his coaching of some of those younger post players has been invaluable in this off season. And, and coach Jake's very high on, on some of those younger guys that uh, didn't, haven't played a ton, but, but have, they've got different pieces, different parts of what they can provide. And, and so I think Betts and others, they, you know, some of those guys are going to grow and they're going to have to grow into their role, even if Fife plays 15 or 20 minutes a game. One of those big guys that that I'm thinking of is is Cole Henry, um, mm-hmm. who started a few games last year, is awesome on offense. I love seeing the way he distributes the ball, at least once per broadcast. When we see a fun pass from him, they mentioned that he played quarterback in high school. Yes, and right. <laughs> and um it's just it's the defense for Cole Henry. I think that if he makes that leap, if he really gets in the the film room um, and, and works on that side of the ball, um, that's going to be really important for him and, and the UNI defense and the team as a whole for sure too. I, I think so too. And of course, as you know, Elliot, better than most, uh, you know, you got the best coach in the league uh, in, in Ben Jacobson, and and so um, they're going to be good. It's just how you know how far up the ladder can they go if Austin isn't playing and. Uh, it'll be interesting. You know, they lost so much. They lost more than maybe anybody in the league other than Missouri State, who just reloaded. I mean, they just brought in, you know, 12 new guys that are all really good. So uh, it, it'll be it's going to be a very interesting season, particularly with the three new teams and, uh, you know, and, and a lot of the hallmark players being gone. So what's the impact you you see coming in from these three new teams in the Missouri Valley Conference, Murray State, Belmont, UIC being added to the league? Not necessarily, let's not look at it long-term just quite yet, but this year in specifics, 2022-2023, um, you mentioned Drake is is pretty much the the favorite you know, league-wide right now. I would agree with that. I talked about them a f- few months ago, or I think towards the end of the season here on Cornstalks and Sports Talk. But um, what do you think the impact is from, from Murray State, Belmont, UIC in 2022-2023? Do you see it, the possibility of it being a two-bid league um, uh, being increased this season? Where are you at with that? 
Well, I, th- I think two bids is, would be a thing that we would hope for, right, as Valley fans. I, I don't think you see three teams coming out of the Valley except for when it's a very exceptional year. Uh, listen, Murray you had to rebuild their entire roster. They had one scholarship basic player coming back, and 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 so they – but they've done it. I mean, they've brought in all kinds of three- and four-star guys that – have big credentials and all that, how they mesh, how they play defense. Steve Rome's a terrific coach. Uh, they're going to be good. How good, you know, is the question, but they're not, they're not going to roll over. Uh, Belmont as is, is Belmont. And they, they just win games. And Casey Alexander's a great coach. Uh, he said to me the other day, and he said it to me a couple of times now, he said, we came into this league one year too late. You know, they had, they had three all conference, four all conference guys in their lineup graduate and uh, with graduate degrees. I mean, they've been there for a long time. And so they're in a little bit of a reshaping, but Belmont, they know how to win. Uh, that winning culture is a big, is a big deal. So I think Belmont and Murray will be upper half. I really do in the league. And if not right, they're knocking at the door. UIC is going to struggle. Their best player uh, transferred the day classes started or something like that. Uh, Jamaria Franklin, he was an all conference guy in the horizon and, and really a, a terrific player. Um, but they lost him. And so on the fly, that's going to be tough to replace. They've got some pieces, though. They brought in some good players. It's going to be interesting. I had a good time getting to know uh, a couple of their players that were there at the media day. And Luke Yaklich is going to do a good job there long term. I think they're going to struggle year one. I'd be right there with you. I, you know, I think Murray State is the biggest question mark going into the season. Like you, you mentioned, all those talented guys, but can they mesh in, in a quick, mm-hmm. quick period of time? Um, to be frank, I don't think it's a two-bid league this season. I think, like I mentioned, we're, we're, we were putting off that long-term conversation, but long-term, I think it will be. Uh, but but this season, I I, I think it's just going to be whoever comes out of the league. Would you agree with that? Well, you know, we got to play the season, right? If they, <laughs> yeah, touche, yeah, right. <laughs> as they play, they're knocking off people. And, you know, but I think, you know, I think that's a legit point though that you make Elliot that, that you don't look at these rosters and say oh they're ready to go knock off a couple of big 10 teams this year but they could right and 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 if that happens and if if uh, like Calhoun for example if he's really an upper level guy then Drake's a world beater then with everybody else that's coming back um Southern could really be a beast and they could knock some people off the way they play defense and and they like I said they have everybody back um, I think you could see some teams that really could emerge, but we're going to have to see them do it on the floor. And again, shifting to that long-term focus for, for UIC, they're, they're going to struggle. Like you said, I, I don't think they're, they're necessarily going to compete for um, maybe even the top half of the league this year. But um, I think, well, I don't think I know retaining that, that Chicago market in, in the MVC was a focus and there is a bevy of talent in the Chicago market. I, I think UIC moving to the Missouri Valley Conference was strategic not only for the MVC, but for them too. And and to have that the the recruiting grounds of of Chicago right in their backyard, I think that's huge. I mean, I, like you said, not this year, but I, I really think they could could go on to compete. And I mean, they have beautiful facilities there too. And Coach Yak is a great guy that people just love to talk to and hang out with. And and he's told me a couple of times now that. Uh, people talk to him now that didn't talk to him before because it says MVC behind his school instead of Horizon. So he's going to get to talk to people that he didn't get used to talk to. 
and he's going to sign those players. He's, he's a terrific recruiter. He's proven that he can do it as an assistant at the highest levels at Texas and Michigan. And, uh, and of course, when he was at Illinois state, they were wildly successful as well. So uh, yeah, I, I look for them long-term to be pretty good. And, and, and Murray's always good. Belmont's always good. Those are going to be programs that in the years to come are going to be really outstanding Missouri Valley conference programs. And, and listen, when you come to Arch Madness in St. Louis in March, uh, there's going to be three or four or 5,000 Murray State fans here. They're going to come to St. Louis. They packed out the Evansville place. Uh, they were, were 60, 70, 80% of the fans in that 9,000 seat auditorium for the, the OVC championships. They're going to make uh, the Enterprise Center uh, CFSB Center West. <laughs> I can learn all those letters. Um, and, and so we talked a lot about some of these new teams coming in, mostly players, obviously Steve Proman and, and you just mentioned UIC head coach, but there's also a few other new faces in terms of coaching, Ryan Peden coming in, um, David Ragland from Evansville, um, thoughts there. Did you, did you get to talk to him much at, at the, uh, at the media day? looks like you did. What were your impressions of, of these, these new faces? Yeah, well, I've talked to both of them before that and then and then at the uh, media day as well. Ryan Peden is so impressive. You know, of course, he's been with Chris Holtman for a long time at, at big schools and at Ohio State, and uh, he's going to do a great job. They brought in four or five Division One guys, uh, transfers, and, and, and so I think they're going to be legit this year, and I think long-term they're going to be really good. His players seem to really resonate with what he's doing, what he's building. Um, really like him. Dave Ragland has energy out, this oozing out his pores. And he comes again from a Butler background and, and, and he's going to do a terrific job there. I think, you know, the proof's in the pudding, but like what he's done, like the coaching staff he put together, Marcus Wilson and Craig Snow, who were all Valley guys there at Evansville um, and have coached other places. They're going to, they, they're bringing kind of legacy back, like pride in the program back. And, I'm I'm campaigning for the short sleeve shirts to come back and he, and, and Coach Rags tells me it's on the way, but they just haven't <laughs> been able to make it happen yet. Uh, so I think they're going to again. We talk long term, right? I don't think Evansville is going to be very good this year, uh, but Coach Ragland and his guys they're they're going to be building something there significant and and I think Illinois State's going to surprise some people this year. They brought in a lot of uh, quality, maybe three different double digit Division One scoring transfers, uh, and so. Uh, along with Luke Kasupke, who didn't do all that much at K-State, but was there and, and has played a long time at the Division One level. So I, I think they're going to have some players, and, and, and he's a proven guy in knowing how to put together systems. I think those were both like home run hires for both programs. And uh, I was a big Dan Muller fan, still consider Dan a friend, didn't want to see him go, but I thought they landed a great one at Illinois State. And, and Coach Peden and Coach Muller are good friends, and they converse often about what's going on there at Illinois State. I tell you what, um, you, you would know a lot better than I in regards to these two, but as far as Peden goes, everything that I've seen, interviews, stuff like that, I, I he just seems like he's the like down to a T, the guy that Illinois State needed and mm-hmm. wanted for that matter. And then Ragland is the uh, shot of adrenaline that that the Evansville program needed, um, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I, I think I think right on both points, Elliot. You know, you 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 know what's going on in those different markets, and and you talked about Coach Yak at, at UIC and and uh, Coach Peden at Illinois State's doing the same thing. Man, they are beating the Northern Mid Illinois bush 
and they're getting players to come and look. And of course, you know, uh, Redbird Arena might be the best arena in the in the uh, league. It's one of the top two or three for sure. So they've got great facilities, a terrific fan base. Uh, and, and so if he can kind of get that back on the arc upwards and Bradley, I think, is going to be really good. You can all of a sudden see the war on 74 taking on a, a, a greater magnitude as well. Definitely, definitely. And that's good for everybody in the NBC. Yeah. That, that it is. Um, back to you and I a little bit. I saw your article on the, the 2022 recruiting class. You and I ranked dead last in the MVC. Defend it. Tell me. <laughs> well, well, they recruited one guy. I mean, <laughs> one guy. So, listen, he might be really good, young man out of Cedar Falls there, but uh, but one guy. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't. I think that's, kind of a, that's a layup right there. What do you mean? Defend it. He might be amazing. And they did have those three red shirts that, you know, so they didn't have to go build a big class, right? I mean, you, you, you build a big class when you need a lot of people. Um, so it, it, I, I just think the fact that they only brought in one person was, was really the issue, but, uh, he's obviously supposed to be outstanding and, and all of that. They just didn't have the room on their roster to b- bring in a big recruiting class, but, but yeah, I think the fact that it's a person make, make, yeah. I think it's an easy defense. Well, uh, you look at Agapex, sorry, too. Uh, yeah, right. He came in later, but yes. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and have you been able to watch much of him? Any thoughts there on, on Pexari? No, um, no. I mean, obviously his, his international numbers look good. His reputation is good. Um, and he could be that guy, you know, in the shadows that we don't know much about it. And, and then I'll, you're going to, you know, you're from, you're going to say, Harry, you're an idiot. And, <laughs> and, and I would wear it. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> He's flashy, man. I, I got to watch a little bit of his play for Turkey and then uh, some of him in practice. And I, I'm really excited. He's eyes in the back of his head, kind of point guard. Um, defense might be lacking a little bit, but um, but we'll see. And Coach Jake will get him up to par there. Uh, my my initial thoughts on the article too is you said the one and Trey Campbell, and I'm really excited about Trey. I'm really excited about Trey. I I think he has MVC Freshman of the Year type of talent, um, but no transfers, and they were looking in the portal. Um, would you, are, is that a big reason why you had them towards the bottom there too? Well, again, the numbers were one thing and, and Campbell, I think, uh, in your neck of the woods, people think he's amazing and he might really, really be good nationally. He didn't get a lot of right kind of run as, as being a, a, a highly sought after guy. Um, so that, and, and I don't think Jake's gonna look at a lot of transfers. I mean, in talking to him, um, I think he's willing, right? You know, because everybody has to be, but he likes to build a certain way. And, you know, Casey Alexander's the same way. He said, you know, he said, we're going to bring in transfers when we have to, but we're going to keep doing what we've always done. We're going to bring in high school players. We're going to develop them. Now, whether or not teams can do that because it's so easy for those players to leave is really the big question mark now. Because, yes, that's a great way to do it, uh, but not if they leave you after their sophomore year every year. And, and so that's, I think, the big dilemma right now. So, yeah, I mean, nobody proven coming in, right? I mean, you know, like you said, you've got the, the Turkish player and, and, and the local guy, and they both have some good resume stuff, but two guys and nobody proven, and you, it's difficult. Like, had they brought in a, a thumper four or five guy, right, from some program in case Austin wasn't ready, well, then all of a sudden it all changes. But right. uh, 
like I said, there's no bigger fan of Ben Jacobson's than me. And, uh, but I just thought the class was lacking a little bit and somebody's got to be 10th. Right. <laughs> well, 12th, I guess not. Right. Right. Um, there were a couple guys in the portal that, that coach Jake was going after a big man from Dayton that ended up in North Texas and a D two kid that ended up at Colgate. Um, and then Pexari ended up committing. So, uh, that, that filled a void. Uh, you mentioned Hunter Jacobson in the article too, um, coming in as a walk on, he won't be able to play obviously be, right. because of the, the injuries. Uh, but then Charlie Miller, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar there. Charlie Miller coming in, son, a grandson of Eldon Miller. I think yeah. that's, that's super cool that 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 he's being brought in. I love that story, and and I was sad to hear about Jake's son because he, we talked about it last week at the at the media day. Uh, but I love the Charlie Miller story. Like how fun, you know? Yeah. I I think that's an amazing thing. So, and I love, and frankly, I love that about you and I. There's a whole lot of players that have family ties long term to to the school. And, and I was talking about coach Raglan uh, coaching at, at Evansville and bringing in two former purple aces. I, I think those kind of things matter. You start to build tradition, you start to build familiarity and a family feel. Now, it's not new for Jake. They've been doing it a long time, but I'm saying I, I love that about what they do there. You and I hashtag family, every single yeah. tweet that coach puts out. <laughs> Um, now, now let's shift a little bit more to, to bigger picture for you, Harry, before we, before we let you go, any coaches entering this season on the hot seat, any at all that you see? That's a great question. Let me go through my brain. I'm going alphabetically. No. Um, I, I think the big question, I, maybe the biggest, let me, let me rephrase. I think two big questions, actually. Uh, Matt Loddick hasn't been tremendously successful at Valpo. Um, and they lost, you know, their big center again. They lost their arguably their second or third best player to transfer again for the third straight year. They haven't been able to hold on to players. Um, so I think that's a question mark, right? For Valpo, if you're looking for a likely somebody, and and this one will surprise you. Uh, I love Dana Ford, and and I think he, you know, does a an, an amazing recruiting job year after year. They're ranked pretty high, and they. I don't want to say they underperform, they just, but they don't go to the tournament. They haven't been to the tournament since 1999. And so uh, if there are two guys that you think, man, they, they should be doing something more, you know, and I like both of those guys, like, like them both personally. And I, and I appreciate the way they go about what they do. Um, but if you were looking to you're trying to squint your eyes and come up with a, a person that might be risky, I think Matt Lodick would be the most. And I think, uh, Dana would be in that sense of, okay, you've gotten us this far, but we need somebody to take us to the next level. Not because he's not doing a good job. It's that proverbial thing. And and sometimes you make a mistake when you make that move because the guy's got you to that level because he's doing a good job. Right. Right. I, I'd agree with you there. I don't think there are any other folks on the hot seat either because of new hires or continued success. Uh, Lodic, man, that's a tough loss with Kithier, man. That, that just put a, put a dent in, in what he's trying to do this season for sure. Um, and then, and then of course, uh, you mentioned Dana Ford who, yeah, it, it's definitely one of those scenarios where they're going to compete for a title this year and then just short. Um, yeah. so, so it'll be interesting, you know, he had to reload almost completely as well, which was pretty surprising to me. I mean, some of his former players went with his former coach to the new location and, and all of that, but, uh, man, having to really reload and, uh, he's an amazing recruiter. I mean, they, they are loaded with talent. Right. Um, 
any under the radar guys you see could maybe win some awards or or be at, at, you know earn a spot on MVC first second teams this season going into the year. I guess I, the guy that intrigues me is uh, at Indiana State is uh, Macaulay Carvassier Macaulay, if I'm saying his first name right. He was uh, at Lincoln Memorial with Josh Schertz as a, and a, at the Division II level, and then he transferred to DePaul and was their sixth or seventh man at DePaul last year. And, uh, and now he has come back to Coach Schertz at Indiana State. And uh, uh, Coach Schertz is on a pass. He thinks he's going to be their leading scorer. And, you know, they've got two guys that averaged 15 a game last year on the roster currently. And so it's interesting to me that you bring a guy in like that and he has those kind of expectations from him. You know, they signed Jason Kent from Bradley and I thought, okay, he's going to start, be sixth man. And, and the word I'm hearing is he's going to struggle to find minutes, which means Indiana State's a lot better than they were a year ago. And I think McCauley is one of the, the key guys uh, in, in that uh mix and and i do think at murray um i'm really looking forward to seeing braxton stacker he's a freshman from here in st louis and and uh i'm really interested in in watching and seeing how many how much of an opportunity he gets to play there he's really talented he's about a six five six six guard so it'll be interesting to see you know the kind of time he gets as well and this isn't under the radar but is is marcus damask gonna be that guy this year you know, he's battled some injuries and he's had some, you know, two out of really three good seasons, but an injury in between. And I'd love to see him become kind of that, I don't know, that real dominant player. But they got so many outstanding wing guard kind of people at Southern. Maybe he won't get the ball quite as much. And and so it's going to be interesting. I, I think there are some guys like that. Uh, ben Cricky is, is an interesting guy to me. Uh, by the way, we were talking about Valpo. Kobe King has lost like 15 or 20 pounds and looks like, a looks electric to me right now. And so he might be a guy that jumps up and, and, and we see something different out of him as well. I'll tell you what I know uh, is the UNI roster. And I'm looking at Titan Anderson to be the, uh, the most improved player of the year. I, you know, I talked to him at the media day, really impressive guy. First time I've really talked to him, talked to him, really enjoyed him, really liked him. Uh, Bowen and, and Nate as well. Talked to both of those guys at the media day, impressive guys. And I think that three or four, the guard out, the four out, right? They're going to be good. And, uh, you know, but but what do they do when they have to get something inside? And, but Titans, uh, I asked him about that. I said, you're kind of this explosive, crazy guy. <laughs> said, yep, that's what I bring, you know. Yeah. And, and I love that. It, you, every team needs that guy or somebody that can play that role. Um, and so, I, yeah, I, I am with you. I expect big things out of him this year. Last thing for you before we let you go, Harry. Do you watch any Valley football? Or are you all basketball? No, I you know I root. <laughs> I root, right? I don't even watch. I don't even watch Oklahoma. I mean, I'm not a college football guy, and uh, and so it's not that it's Valley football. It's that I don't pay attention to a lot of college football. Um, so, uh, but some big wins by the it's the best, whatever the letters are, you know, conference in America. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Missouri Valley football, co- the MVFC is the SEC of the FCS. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. Those <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if you do this because I, I look at the scores, right? And so if you go to ESPN, you want to pull down the scores, it says that FCS thing. And then it says double A. Like, yep. remember, it used to be called double A. 
Yeah. And I still think of it as that way. And, and the, but the Valley conference is stunningly great. I mean, Southern's had some big wins, Missouri state, you know, just had that big battle with South Dakota state last weekend. And uh, you know, Valpo's winning games and I, it's a, unbelievable league and and patty viverito the commissioner i've got such great respect for her and, and and what the whole league has done but i just don't watch a lot of college football to begin with you know how i can tell uh valpo's not in the mvfc <laughs> well they're in the pioneer league or something like that right? I, uh, I don't know <laughs> but but i i know that but um somebody was tweeting out about a Missouri Valley team getting wins and talking about Valpo. So I'm just affiliation. Oh, State plays okay. in the pioneer as well. <laughs> so you say, Harry, <laughs> seriously, I'm aware. I just okay. don't watch it. Just checking. Hey, yeah. uh, if anybody asks you, Woo governor from UNI, he had two pick sixes in one game this weekend. That's the first Woo uh, governor. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, if he name. has, if he has one more, then he's going to have the uh, UNI single season record for three in a season. So that's your talking point this week. <laughs> Listen, you talk about names. Uh, Bradley's got James Pop Weathers and Duke Dean. Those are the two junior college transfers. They got the best names. Think about Pop and Duke playing in your backcourt. That, oh. That's a winning combination right there. I love it. I love it. He is Harry Schrader at Father Harry. It's Father Harry one. Yes, at Father Harry one on Twitter. All your MVFC uh, basketball news that you could want and, and talking points and all that. Harry, we appreciate you joining, man. Always fun to hang out with you, Elliot. We'll see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.